0: Did you know the queen died? Hello and welcome to episode sixteen of Off the Charts of Stellar Newscast. I'm Whitney Fishburn, home again in Washington, D.C. Although my New Yorker colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer Elizabeth Grace remains on the road. Where are you now?
1: I am in Maine and although I'm coming back to New York this weekend, but I, but I've been connecting with people all over the country while still in Maine. It's a zoom is an amazing thing. And now I'm connecting with you when you're in Washington.
0: Hi. Well, no matter where we are, Elizabeth and I are both renegades from corporate media who report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We not only want to show you how the media manipulates you into working against your best interests, we want to help you anticipate the cycles and trends in the world so you can see that the world is not random. Maybe it's chaotic. We're not sure about that part, but the random part, even if it's random, you know what? Actually, I read something from um, Karen from an artist this morning. I should talk about that. There There is some order out of Whatever we might think is random. But whatever it is, whether it's random or not random, it's part of an insult universe. Is this
1: Karen Fitzgerald? Yes. Yes. Karen Fitzgerald. Let's let's just, say let's, let's, let's say let's hi call, to her. Let's plug Karen Fitzgerald, who's who does all this fabulous work uh that is so that just looks so celestial. So <laughs> as I
0: was saying. <laughs> See, there you go. There's some purpose to randomness, but part of (laughs) all of the randomness, all of the chaos, even the chaos we generate sometimes here between the two of us, which is most of the time, it's part of an insold universe where cycles within cycles strongly suggest there is a greater consciousness enfolding us, moving through us, moving around us there is a larger intelligence. It is way more awesome than we humans will ever be, could ever be, and probably should ever be, even if we are amazing. And I think we are pretty amazing. And even if we don't understand just what these cosmic impulses are or where they come from. But most importantly, it's about you, you people, you listeners, we want to encourage you to participate in the unfoldment of whatever the universe has in store. So that's who we are. And coming up in this episode, number 16, which is the first quasi live. I mean, it's not really live when you guys get it, but it's the first time Elizabeth and I have actually looked at each other in a while. We have actually been chatting behind the scenes, doing moral support for each other, but (laughs) but, keeping tabs on things. Yeah. We are going to use astrology to hammer home that part about how the media manipulates you. And Elizabeth has some charts and insights she wants to share. And then I want to make a special point about the moral injury that reporters do have to uh, endure sometimes. And uh, therefore, why we need to have some nuance when we discuss the media's dereliction of duty to warn and inform. Now you've got like a whole
1: laundry list of
0: bonzo things that we should have been talking about that we haven't been.
1: I I know. Well, you know, here's the thing. Okay. So Mercury is retrograde. All right. Mercury's retrograde. So that is a retreat opportunity. It's a review. It's a revision. Um, And like there's a schnauzer that I'm now looking at on the screen because Mercury's retrograde and suddenly Whitney disappeared and I'm looking at a dog. I was blowing (laughs) my nose. And that was
0: the picture of my doggy that I put up there when I don't want somebody to see me doing biofunction, like you know,
1: snot removal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're, you're on some like cogent point here. And then there's a schnauzer in your face. It's like, what? Okay. <laughs> Mercury is retrograde. Anyway, so we've been on a retreat and we hope that you know you uh listening to us have taken the opportunity over, over the past week to to do some self-care, to do some retreating. And it's okay to be. To be walking back and, and revising. Oh, I'm doing the backstroke. <laughs> you can do okay to be doing the backstroke. That's it's
0: why basically... I'm swimming in the odd waters of life in a Taurus Scorpio eclipse season with a moon conjunct algal opposite Neptune on the 10-4 axis and some other planets in between. So what does that mean, folks? There will definitely be a doozy of a case study for anyone interested in how eclipses impact a native with a chart that gets hit hard. However, yeah. I will not be doing that yet because I know I'm not done with the
1: lunar news yet. <laughs> right, no, I but, know, know what, so what you're saying is that, you know, this was a, I, I did a presentation, uh, I, I was either to an NCGR Philly uh, or, or another astrology group on Zoom in New York last night. And the question came up because I was talking about how eclipses are activated, you know, and they're, and they're like, well, if there's an eclipse and, and then you're, and it's triggered, is it true for everybody? and it's like well it depends upon the level that you're at mm. it depends mm. upon the level mm-hmm. that you're at in your life mm. so if you're a prominent public figure like queen elizabeth and you're your midheaven and your saturn are conjunct at 25 degrees of scorpio which has been eclipsed in may and mm-hmm. then eclipsed and before in november along with other things that eclipse when it's activated is going to hit you in a much more prominent and public way because of who you are but if you are Whitney Fishburne and you also have significant points at that eclipsed point, you will, you will still have a shift, but we're not going to be reading about it in the news. Thank you know? God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yes, it's going to affect you at whatever level and circumstance that you're no, in. No, well, let me stop you there, there
0: because I think actually when you're talking about the way that um, a chart is hit um, at different levels, I thought you meant with karmic perception. And, and that's what I was thinking of is just like, well, I I think at this point in my life, you know, I'm soon to be 55 and it's not the first time I've had these, these eclipse points activated before, but I'm reacting differently because I have a different perception. So when you say level, I think, well, I'm coming at this from a much deeper level, Mm -hmm than I might have in the past. As my son likes to say, well, mom, not all souls are ready. That's what I thought you meant. Not all souls are ready for certain things because I look at the planets less as a language, although we do obviously speak a language together, but um, as karmic guardians that the gods are saying, here's what we're bringing you. Here's what you're going to deal with because this is what you've agreed to deal with. Mm-hmm. based or or what you're going to have to deal with to make previous lifetime choices right and to set the, the lifetimes in the future kind of a thing. But that, that's a bigger philosophical conversation than I think we have time for today. But that is definitely along the lines of what I thought you meant by saying the different levels. Technically speaking, and then we're going to move on, but technically speaking, if you are an astro- astrological newbie, let me just explain all that um, kvetching that I just did <laughs> in terms of the technicalities. So when I say that the lunar nodes are whacking me right now, the eclipses are whacking me, I'm actually talking about how this particular period, astronomically, when the lunar and solar eclipses are occurring in the sky, it takes about 18 months when they go across a certain axis. What's happening in the sky corresponds to sensitive points, as Elizabeth pointed out, in my natal horoscope and also in Queen Elizabeth's horoscope and a whole bunch of other
1: people, like Joe yeah, Biden Pres- and Kamala President Harris, Biden just a whole bunch well, of people. Kamala, yeah, Kamala Harris, I did not get, I don't believe off the top of my head. Okay, well, whatever. I'm gonna look um, up, maybe her Pluto's. I'm gonna look, I'll look her up while you- So what's
0: happening is, is that as those places in the sky are experiencing eclipses, I'm also experiencing sensitivity in my life. And that's what the eclipses are doing. They're saying, hey, right here in this point of the sky that symbolizes this, you can expect to have implosions. (laughs) You can expect to have your focus here. You can expect to face some karma. You can also expect to release what is no longer serving you. Mm -hmm. And then when I throw in that the moon, my moon is conjunct algal in my native chart. um, There are a lot of things that could mean, but one thing is, is that what you think is true might be distorted might be you know not so clear might you might be losing your head over something that is you might be facing certain direction and the reality is is that it's in the other direction so that, there are a lot of different ways to um interpret algal but it usually means disruption not seeing clearly and probably something extremely painful <laughs> and then with the interplay of neptune you know exactly opposite all that in, in my chart um that that kind of, it's not what you think it is, is, is exacerbated. There are other positive interpretations as well. I haven't gotten there yet, but,
1: <laughs> but I'm sure that I will. Okay. So Kamala Harris does have two planets activated by, by these so. last. Yeah. Yeah. Her Jupiter, Saturn square, Jupiter yeah, at 24 Taurus, Saturn at 28 Aquarius. Uh, so that's get, so So yeah, okay. let's get into it. So that's us start us off. So we, we rolled into uh, the first week in September And we had this pattern, for those of you who read my weekly forecast, we had this pattern where it was like the the tension among the planets was at a bit of a low. Like the only planet that was connecting exactly with the other planets in the cosmic sandbox was the moon. The moon was bouncing off of planets, but none of the other planets were actually precisely making contact the way we look at astrology. We know that, yes, we know that Jupiter and Pluto are not actually in touch with each other. They're really far apart, but on paper, in, a, in astrology, they are making contact and that contact reflects action, human experience. Yeah. Let, let okay. me
0: interrupt to say that's another way of saying that is even though we're looking at this in a two day, two D two dimensional fashion, you know, we're just, we're, we're plotting it out on paper or on our screens or whatever. It's not theoretical. The geometry is actual. So even yes. though they're not touching each other, if you were to geometrically create some sort of, you know if you were to draw the line between the planets that we're talking about per the aspect that we are looking for, whether it's a 90 degree square or 180 degree opposition, it's real. Yeah.
1: That's uh, really happening. The relationship. relationship. So it's not a
0: theoretical relationship. There is one. And when we talk about, yeah, I mean, it's, it's symbolic in terms of like I was talking about the eclipses in my chart, it's saying here are the areas in your life that you can expect to be focused on. It's not triggering those areas, although we do use that language and we are guilty of that. We say, oh, this eclipse will trigger that or whatever. But in reality, it's just saying, this is happening. This is this is a signpost to you to look out for these things in your life. And Should your be. chart, yeah, your chart is the map that if you went in the directions that your chart is telling you you're going to go in, you'll encounter these things,
1: but it doesn't trigger it. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. All right. So we started this month with this suspension of activity and contact among the planets, except from connections to the moon. And, and I have observed over the years that when you have a lull of about... Maybe seven days where there's it doesn't, it doesn't look like there's anything, no exact action. Somehow that suspension, the metaphor I have, it's like an ice shelf that on a glacier, and all of a sudden it just collapses under its own weight and just into the ocean, and that's it. It's gone and that's it. And it was interesting to see how the news. Was news headlines, the language that people were talking, that they were using, had to do with this concept of weight. It was a weighty week. Go back and look at the headlines. And so one of the things that happened on this long exhale, um, Queen Elizabeth passed away. Thursday, September 8th, we wake up in the East Coast here with a jolt or a surprise, and then it would be heavy. And that's exactly what happened. The timing in, in the East Coast. We woke up, her Majesty needs to be under medical supervision. The family is gathering at the castle. And then this waiting period while the moon was in Aquarius and it was going around. I'm pretty sure that I hope I'm not making this up. I'm pretty sure the moon was in Aquarius. Uh, let me just make sure that make sure that I'm not making this up. Yes, the moon was in Aquarius and it was going around, tracking through Her Majesty's chart and connected with her Mars and saturn was transiting saturn which is heavy and a squeeze and a control was sitting on her mars the energy of action and the moon and saturn came together on her mars and we were it, it, it's around that time we're not ter- we're not entirely clear exactly what time she left her body but we think it was around 237 that does line up with the moon and saturn conjunct on her majesty's mars this is a new era, this is the end of an era. And it wasn't the only thing that happened on that scope. Um, there was some astonishing reversals in the war in Ukraine. The Russians were driven back. Ukraine reclaimed a massive amount of territory yeah. that, during that same time. But of course, here in the Western world, we were all focused on the queen. Oh, so let me, let me jump she was in. amazing, but anyway.
0: Um, I don't know. Do you want to spend some time talking about when you say end of an era? Let's think about that. But one thing I just wanted to insert here regarding our, um, our frustration with the media is that. Yes. Also going on at the time of the Queen's death, we had so much coverage of non-things about <laughs> the Queen's death, like hours of the motorcade, hours. Meanwhile, there were some very important hearings going on on Capitol Hill about big oil. Lying about climate change to the same degree as tobacco companies had lied about the impact of smoking on one's health. And that's big news. And, mm-hmm. you know, nobody knows that's going on. And nobody seems to know that it could actually call to account big oil. To the tune of billions and billions and billions of dollars, gas prices went up, and all of the things that are going on, inflation. Meanwhile, we're supposed to be thinking, oh, so I guess that the oil company is getting hit hard. No, they're making thirty billion dollars more.
1: Exxon mm-hmm. alone.
0: I, mm-hmm. I have to double check that stat, but it's something like that. Exxon alone. So all of that is going on, and the news has been like, ah, oh, yeah, that's boring doesn't get any ratings right which tells you it should tell you if you're paying attention and you're just analyzing oh because the news isn't the news the news is entertainment it's not news
1: it's not telling you anything that you don't already know we know her majesty passed away okay fine all right so and here's my what well here's my point to that
0: Anytime the media has attracted your attention and focused it on something, you can guarantee it's at the expense of something
1: else. And what you should ask yourself is, what am I not being told? That's all. The fact that the media, all the foreign quote unquote news networks carried King Charles's first speech. And yet President Biden had made a speech in primetime. Right. uh, and, and, And they did not carry it. Really? It's I have a lot of right
0: I have right. a lot of crappy things to say about King Charles, but ultimately I don't really want to crap on the man because no. he doesn't crap on astrology.
1: <laughs> he, it's right. He does not crap on astrology. In fact, there's a photograph that you can see if you go to a website called the Astrology News Service where uh, King Charles when he was Prince uh, Prince of Wales was hanging out with the astrologer Dr. Nick Campion.
0: Who's one of my heroes, by the way, because he's one of your awesome heroes. Yeah.
1: So, you know, and the headline is or, this was from 2016. And Prince, the Prince of Wales uh, gradu, um, was greeting students at a graduation ceremony for the Sophia Center for the Study of Cosmology and Culture. But I don't think you can find that picture. Oh, on no, they wiped it. They, they, because they, they scrubbed yeah. it. But it's on the Astrology dot com, which was created by astrologers. So you can get that article there. You know, it's been scrubbed, which is fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Let me, let me
0: throw this in there too. Dr. Yeah. Campion also actually founded that program at the university of Wales, St. David. I think it's pronounced Sophia, not Sophia, but I'm not sure of that.
1: Anyway. Okay. Could be. She's always been there and then all it's like a glacier and then all of a sudden it's not. So things have really changed. And um, the Ukraine war t- took an amazing turn. So that was, well, before we thing. go
0: into that, I'll, I want to just, I don't want to keep bogarting you here, but I want to say why I don't, Disc- um, why, why the monarchy didn't upset me. Oh, uh, yes. Do tell. I think I'll put a link to some of this information rather than go too greatly into detail. The Queen had no choice in really covering the globe as the head of, a, of an empire. That was done by the East India Trading Company. <laughs> oh, capitalists. <laughs> yes, it was done by corporations. She ain't perfect, folks. And that monarchy, I love The Crown. If you ever watch the Netflix series, The Crown, you see just how vapid a lot of the shit that goes on sorry behind the firm that's what they call the monarchy Mm -hmm. there's a lot of vapidity and i'm not giving a pass to it but in terms of she's not the one who conquered the world and then you know put the british flag everywhere that was done entirely by capitalists and she became the face of it. So that's an upset right. about that. So it's just, yes. you know, like if you've been thinking ah, the hell with the queen, okay, sure. But at least inform yourself more deeply about what the actual dynamic was between the monarchy and the capitalists and how the world was conquered by the British empire and who actually was doing the conquering. And I'll just put some links for you in there.
1: All right. So plan. All right. So we had the glacier falling into the sea and over the weekend um, we had some interesting patterns uh, I'm seeing a lot reflecting one pattern between the Sun, which is leaders and vitality, and the heart, and Neptune. There is an opposition, a face-off, an illumination. And in the language of astrology, Neptune refers to all of these keywords: music, spirits of all kind, healing, refugees, immigration, scandal. Magical thinking, viruses, empathy, charity, victims, floods, oceans, water, surrender, fog, lies, oil, the surreal, and that totally bonkers. And, and drinking no, and drugging. And <laughs> drinking and drugging and all the stuff. And oh. the headlines over the weekend are all of it. But, you know, upside potential, phil- philanthropy, you know, the head of Patagonia, the founder of Patagonia, who's born in Lewiston, Maine. Yvonne Cheminard, they might say this in French, I do not know.
0: Uh, know just set what up you a just trust, said.
1: Set up, <laughs> Yvonne, Yvonne, It's okay. Yvonne? I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's right, terrible. Work on but that. anyway, let me go founder, look at it. Okay, the founder of Patagonia, okay, set. it took him years to figure out how to do this, set up a trust so that the profits from this company are going to be going towards efforts to do something about climate change. This, he, and he. this guy just, it, this is what, this is what it, this is corporate stewardship. This is what he's doing. Then we have headlines about, uh, okay, there was a big merge with cryptocurrency, specifically one called Ethereum. How, ethereal, that is a very Neptune word. There was a merge, there was a dissolving of boundaries with this magic money, this imaginary money. The, a huge story, okay, Ken Burns, this is not getting enough coverage. This is so not getting enough coverage. Okay, the queen is buried. Meanwhile, over the weekend, you have two rallies, one hosted by the former defeated president and the, you know, former and the current contender for the governorship of, I think he's running, is he running for governor? I keep getting them confused. Who are you so talking which, about? Which crazy person is running for governor and which one is running for Senate in Pennsylvania? You know, Dr. Oh. Oz is running for the Senate. Right. Right. And then yes. the, the what's his face, Mastro something or rather, who is at the insurrection on January 6th, is, is running for governor against um, against, I don't, can't even remember. I don't, it's, it's not Fetterman. Fetterman's I am not
0: people. even going to pretend that I know and remember because I have been on retreat and I have You've had it, right. I have, and I have had it up to above my ears feeling just giving a crap or any attention to these psychos. So anyway, and, okay, and But since I've interrupted happened. you, it's Yvonne no, no. Schwinnard. Okay, go ahead. Chouinard. Yes, it's Schwinnard. Français,
1: français okay. What happened over the weekend? on the Sun-Neptune opposition, as the Sun was trining Pluto, which was just facilitating all of these heads of state coming in from all over the world to mourn the queen. That's great. And they all got along pretty much with a few upsets, Um, was that there was a rally. There were two rallies over the weekend. And uh, I think it was either AP or Reuters that captured the photograph where the people at the rallies are giving their version of the Sigh Heil Nazi salute, which, I, as a child and young adult, had it burned into my brain that this was not a good sign. Literally, not yeah, a good sign. Exactly. Okay, and it is. So it, Ken Burns. And, and, okay, and Ken Burns. We're not. You know, he has a he has a documentary out over this weekend uh, with this mass psychosis delusion that created the Holocaust. And, but his focus is about the United States mm-hmm. and how it's apathy, which is another mm-hmm. Neptune thing. Neptune mm-hmm. kind of suppresses and dissolves. And it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. I just don't feel like doing anything. Mm-hmm. I can't deal. Mm-hmm. And I don't really see it clearly anyway. Anyway, he's got a documentary, you know, about how the U S responded in the 1930s, uh, and, and created some, you know, the, the, No, it's great. I started watching it last night. It's fantastic. I I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't gotten in there yet, but um, you know, for example, it's it's very moving and and upsetting. And so over this past weekend under this sun Neptune opposition, we have this photo, which should be on the front page of every newspaper in the United States saying this is what we're dealing with people. This is serious. Okay. This is what happened in the thirties with this group of Germans. This is what's happening now. Right now we have a choice between two things. You choose the party that is ostensibly for democracy, or you choose a party that has been consumed by this cray-cray authoritarianism. You have to make the choice now. Where that ends in the long run, I don't know. There may be some new third option that evolves, but we're not there yet. Right now we're at this duality, this by, this choice, one or the other. But mm-hmm. getting back to the Sun-Neptune thing. Mm-hmm. lurid, exploited, and hoodwinked is what the sheriff of Bexar County in Texas had to say as he was opening a criminal investigation into um, Governor Ron Santos's decision to use Florida taxpayer dollars to lure immigrants seeking asylum who were here legally seeking asylum in Texas Mm -hmm. flew them out of i think out of apparently out of a military base mercury is retrograde so we have to be so careful about the facts Mm -hmm. because everything is subject to change especially in the papers flew them out of texas i think they landed in the florida panhandle for five seconds and then went to martha's vineyard unannounced but fox news was there Mm. fox news was there (laughs) waiting for them you get don't say. People, <laughs> you don't say these forty-eight people to get off the plane, having been told they were being sent to to Boston, and having you know, and 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 somehow again check the facts. You know th- that like checking. Go ahead, keep talking. Check I'm checking fact, <laughs> that uh, that you know that that certain official officials had given them these papers changing their addresses to homeless shelters across the country and setting them up so that they then had to be in court the following Monday. Otherwise, they would be set up for deportation because they weren't there. If you haven't heard this, why are you not hearing about this? I actually would point people toward Jed Lagoom, who does um, popular
0: information, and then also Isaac Saul, whose publication Tangle um, always is balanced, always. And that's what he does. He, he tells you exactly what the left are saying in the aggregate, what the right are saying in the aggregate. And then he says, and here's what I think. And then you can agree or disagree with him, but he will always take you through his thought process. And he is a, a legit journalist. Um, so I'm reading from popular information and the migrants have filed suit. Now, I don't know who's actually representing them and who explained to them, because obviously, They don't know our court system so somebody explained to them what was going on and that they could file a class action lawsuit it's not like the the you know i really doubt that the people who once they got to martha's vineyard and were given water and clothing and shoes said and i'd like to start a lawsuit i i really don't i think that they were just so grateful For what I'm, you know, I think in the end that these are these are the people who are saying this is what America is for. This is, you know, this is why I love America. This is that people are good. People are good in America, and they want to help us. And and the law is to make sure that everyone is equal before the law. Anyway, I don't know who it is, but there is a lawsuit being filed against um, Governor DeSantis DeSantis of Florida, and and. Jared Purdue, Secretary of the Florida Department of Transportation, and several yet to be identified defendants, because they are the ones who came up with the scheme to scheme, just, which is a Neptune word. Yeah, come up exactly, Fraud. come up with this okay. way of convincing these people to fly to Martha's Vineyard.
1: Yeah, and wh- where have we seen you know incidents where you know uh, 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 people in governmental power thought it would be a good idea to move people from one place to another place because they perceived them as a problem? Uh, that would be Hitler. Ah, And that would also
0: be I mean, for me, the one like there are so many, it's countless, the number of things that break my heart about the um, the Trump presidency. But the one thing I have not ever been able to drop is the separation of the children from their parents who were trying to come over the border. That to me, you know, I mean, we're just firehose with things that hurt to think about. But that one is I mean, I'm going to get upset thinking about. Okay,
1: Neptune, floods, oceans. Hurricane Fiona knocks out the power in Puerto Rico. Super typhoon hits Japan and Alaska as well. And Alaska—that's Alaska. weird. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, um, but the media. Okay. And then one thing that happened over the uh, on Tuesday, which was I thought was astonishing. Um, Mercury is retrograde, so that's a time when you're going to be revising things. You know, you're gonna, you're rethinking what you may have been putting out over the last three months. And Mars is in Gemini, which a while back we were saying that you're really going to be looking at how your actions reflect your thinking. You got to walk your talk. Oh my um, gosh, I
0: forgot we said that. And you got to walk oh your talk. Oh my gosh. And so what's
1: happening now is that in, in in politics land, um, many Republican candidates who have spouted, touted extreme pro-life positions, for example, or, or, or that, that's one example, or ideas about whether the election was legitimate or stolen are walking back what they said. They are-, they are so starting... Give us some examples, like who? Okay, so my favorite, well, there on my forecast website, I've linked a couple of examples, but the one that really blew my mind that I, that I wrote about in detail in my forecast for the week was- uh, this guy, who's a general, General Bolduc, B-O-L-D-U-C, um, he defeated the Speaker of the House, I believe he's the Speaker of the House in New Hampshire, to run against Senator Maggie Hassan. I, know, I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. Probably not, but anyway. Um, and he was interviewed on Fox News, which we're going to talk about that horoscope in a minute. Don Bolduck won his race to become the Republican challenger. And there he is talking to two happy Fox News people. And they ask him first of all, they ask him about his stance on abortion. And he kind of mumbles and grumbles and fuffs and fuffs and kind of says, well, you know, maybe I, I don't really think it is, it really, maybe it really isn't, it's not as serious as I think it is. In other words, he's walking back this this provocative stance that he's taken. But they ask him about the election because he has made he signed a letter with a bunch of other generals protesting the election that it was stolen and that Donald Trump was a legitimate president, blah, blah, blah. And, and he literally is sitting there at three minutes into this, to this tape on Fox News that's on their website. Humana, 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 well, yeah, well, I've done some research. Yeah, well, I've, I've done some research and he actually says. I've done some research. He actually says the 2020 election was stolen. my texts from MAGA Central. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he says, and then he says, you know, President Biden is the legitimate president of the United States. Whoops, and, wrong text. <laughs> right. Okay. And then, inter- but, but, but here's the thing. And, and so, but here's the thing. The video of him saying this, here's, we're talking about the news, okay? How the media wants to, con- is manipulating you and you have to do your own research. There, This is a pretty mind-blowing thing that this guy is saying, you know what? President Biden is the real deal and the election wasn't stolen. He said these words. What happened at Fox News? Did they go off the air? No, 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 <laughs> they just, they just kind of go, oh, really? Oh, how interesting. And the headline on the website, is, okay, the headline for the web website is, quote, Bolduc shares bottom-up campaign approach slams Dems failures, quote, enough is enough. Oops, we forgot something. <laughs> well, I instead guess we didn't need like, to. Instead of like what I have written as an alternative in my forecast, oh my god, pigs have flown, election denier Bolduc reverses courts, now says 2020 election wasn't stolen. Well, that's I know it. that's my maxim.
0: Whatever your attention is focused on, assume that there's something you didn't see, and but actually, you didn't see. let me, you and I both know this as people who actually have worked in this industry. We have worked in this industry. The headline writer has so much power. All the power. Oh, and way more power than those journalists who wrote the
1: piece, way yeah. more, or produced it, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually an interesting issue in the in the Amber Heard uh, case where they were suing her for definite defamation over a headline. She didn't write that headline. Somebody at whatever newspaper where that op-ed was posted, I think it was The Washington Post, wrote that headline. She didn't write the headline. And headlines are. It's a positioning statement. No, it's exactly. I was going to say, you know, I'm thinking of like the best headlines
0: in this country ever are at The New York Post. Now The New York Post has a specific perspective. The Daily News. No, they're better than the Daily News. The New oh, I like the Daily News.
1: Right, the anyway, the, the okay. Post has always
0: kicked the Daily News' ass. Headless
1: man in topless bars. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Headless woman in no, topless no. bars. Well, some of them, I
0: actually used to, when I lived in New York, I used to collect and keep Headless, it was. It was. Headless okay. body
1: found in topless bars. Yeah, that's what it was. Headless body found
0: in topless But But the, I've forgotten his name, Colin something. He was, I think he was- Scottish, he might have been an Australian, but he used to write the headlines for the New York Post, and they were primo. And I used to collect them and keep them. And some of my favorites were um, when it was found that uh, soldiers in um, Iran were um, apparently flushing the Quran down the toilet to just you know upset the the prisoners. And yeah. the, they, they wrote. <laughs> Holy Shiite! <laughs> was, the, was the headline and a picture of the Koran and the in the you know in the crapper? And I mean that's horrible. And I would yeah. think if you're if that's horrible. But then my other favorite one was um, when Trump and Ivanka were, or Ivana or whatever the Ivana, not Ivanka. That's that's Ivana Junior. Right. Um, when they were getting a divorce and remember she was from the Czech Republic and the and the headline was bounced check. <laughs> so on yeah. and so on and yeah. so on yeah. they, they were funny covered. but we they are they, right. no. they are. are good at they are good. making you pay attention to the
1: slant they want you to pay attention to sun neptune surreal amazing weird stuff and but also a time for healing and grieving and and and, and something oh the other thing that was really cool is that the rail strike was so- softened we had planetary patterns last week that were so perfectly set up for a transportation strike mercury is retrograde mars is in gemini with transportation and Saturn and Uranus are in this tense aspect where it looks like nobody's gonna budge. But the Sun Neptune, Neptune comes in and sort of dissolves, it takes the edge off things, fogs it up. And so they're saying it's tentative and I think that's fair enough because Mercury is retrograde and something might change and Mars is going to retrograde at the end of October. But for now, um, that that railway strike uh, has been averted.
0: Which is important. And it's Which interesting because important. that strike happened on Biden's watch. And if anything, if anybody associates Biden with anything in terms of a meme, it's the stupid Amtrak train. Same track. Because yep. it was the Biden Express. And, you know, he I am here in Washington and he used to get on that train and go up to, to uh, Philly or actually get off in Wilmington and Delaware. It's the train that goes. It's, it's the Acela from here to to Boston. And he yep. it's known as the Biden Express, because when he was in the Senate for as long as he was, that was his dream. And he, you know, would walk up
1: and down. The, I've seen him. He'd walk up and he'd talk to everybody. He's just, he wanted to give you a hug. Yeah. <laughs> with, his, with his moon in Taurus. That's what he would want to do. He would need to do. He needs that tactile connection to let you know that everything is going to be okay. That's I'd rather bake for you with my moon in Taurus. I'd rather bake, but right. I'll, give, well, I'll give you uh, some Well, Gary, you know, your moon is opposed by Neptune. So it, that dissolves the tangible, you see. So it's a much more spiritual connection. You want to, you want to nurture everyone's soul, and you you do it really well. Oh well, thank you. You do you and, do it really well. And I'll thank you for cooking. If you have a conversation with Whitney. She's going to be talking to you about that in a way that is super sensitive and amazingly, uh, amazingly insightful and helpful. Uh, Whitney and I have been talking over the last. I was in, during this Mercury retrograde, as she mentioned earlier, um, because we use these different house systems, and and and, and you know, it, I keep saying, and I think Whitney would agree that astrology is a language. And all of these different house systems and approaches, and modern astrology, traditional astrology, Vedic astrology, all the stuff—they are languages, and it's just like, what do you want to talk about? And so I'm starting to appreciate how Whitney's take on whole sign houses and and what what the focus is. There there is a way to access a certain communication about spirit and the in the importance of that in 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 how Whitney uses because she's the only one I know who de- that I've actually talked to about. I don't know what other whole sign practitioners do, but I appreciate what she is doing um, with this technique. And, uh, and, you know, if you come and talk to me, you know, we may have a discussion about past lives. If you believe in such things, let's assume you do. And and I'll give you some other things that are not quite what she's doing. We can't, every, When you go to different astrologers, you're going to get a different slice of of life that will be, Go through their unique channel, their unique horoscope, and um, the idea is that you get whatever you need. Well, thank you for saying that, and you are a
0: teacher of mine, and we really appreciate it. You're welcome. I particularly have learned my whole sign approach from Achuta Baba Das, and I'll put um, a link to his school in the show notes. And you are a student of Noel Till, and they are Noelle different Till, schools. And the School
1: but, of Traditional Astrology, too, well, we're bo- are, Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we're both yeah. students of the School of Traditional Astrology. Yeah. We are, we are both students of Lee Lehman.
1: Yes, we are. An amazing medical astrologer and horary astrologer. So I have pulled charts for um, Fox News and CNN. They are making changes. They've let go they let go uh John Harwood, who used to work at CNDC, where I, I used to work. They let him go because he's one of the reporters. And this is something I know you, you can speak to. We'll get into this. He's one of the reporters who is like, look, there is no both sides about about people standing in a rally with mm-hmm. their with their mm-hmm. with their with their arm in the air. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is no other side to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is this is you can you cannot there is no there forget it. It's just it, this the truth is. You've got a potential fascist crisis happening in America. You, you cannot spin this. Okay. No, but that's what, so let me make my
0: point that I, I've been wanting to make when we, you know, we, we harass the media cause they deserve it,
1: but because we know them so well
0: yeah. and we, and we feel for them. We really are mostly pointing our fingers at the corporate shenanigans mm-hmm. that impact reporting. Um, Although I will say, you know, there are some really dumb reporters. There just are. There are some dumb uh-huh. reporters and there are some who have zero curiosity and lots of gleaming teeth. But mm-hmm. there, are some, <laughs> there are some who they're stuck. They would they need a job. They want it. You know, for a lot of people, journalism is a calling. That's how I saw it. It's a calling. And, you know, you're trying to answer the call and you have corporate constrictions placed on you. And those are the people that I feel suffer moral injury. And, you know, so I'll tell you a little bit of my history. So I covered medicine and health policy. And I largely worked in the trades, which meant I was very specialized. And most of my audience were the people in the field that were not, I was not writing for the general public. Occasionally I would get called in on a panel or something and it would be, you know, like, what does the general public need to know? Whatever. And the reason I could do that is because, Um, my audience were the people most absorbed in the minutia of what I was reporting on. So I had to know it really well. I was highly, highly technically specialized and that works for me because I have a lot of Virgo and Capricorn planets and love to be boss with scientific and detailed Mm -hmm. knowledge might have to do with my Leo rising and it's Leo moon right now, which is why I'm talking all about me. me, but it also means because I could connect the dots that there was way too much conflict of interest happening behind the scenes. And I could see it more easily than most because I did not have the tunnel vision that is so typical of highly specialized people that I'm reporting to. And I was moving in and out of all of these different fields, all these different specialties. I was also as an editor who had to put together journals, but journals that had some uh, pharma advertising. I would get lists of words I was not allowed to use because, and who gave us those words? They were stipulated by the requirements of ad placement. So if a, farmers, a pharma company wanted to place ads, then they would say, oh, and by the way, here's a list. I remember getting a stapled list from another editor I was working with. Um, it was like 30 pages long of <laughs> words you couldn't use. And you know that you're not going to get the reporting that you should have because that's not the mojo. The mission is not to report. The mission is just simply to make money. And that is not what the reporters are worried about. The reporters are trying to bring you information, but they are put in slots so often and they don't even necessarily know how they're being focused at at all. So I see that as moral injury because you know that there is something going on and you can't do anything about it, but you need your job you love mm-hmm. your job, you mm-hmm. love what you're doing, you love that mm-hmm. you're able to, because there are some ways in which you can make a difference. You are bringing information to, to doctors who need it or you know whatever your specialty is or whatever. But mm-hmm. it hurts. It hurts when you know there's more that you could say and you're constrained from saying it. I, I just want to be yep. clear. There is a matrix of dereliction of duty that goes yep. on in the media. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. But you have to understand it is a corporate
1: entity and the manipulation starts at the top. No, no because Les Moonbus, the former head of CBS, is the one who famously said in 2016 yeah. about, you know, looking at what was going on with Trump and his rallies and, you know, doing the same thing that they what they did with the Queen's funeral pre- procession. You know, Got they you. would they would you have the camera on an empty podium waiting for 15 minutes for this guy to show up. And and somebody challenged Les Moonbus and says, really, this is television. And he's like, well, you know, it may not be good for the country.
0: But it's good for us. It's
1: good for CBS.
0: Yeah. These people are so concerned with money. They forget that their own mission statement is to inform. It's not to, to profit, but that's where their heads are. You know, it's not simple enough to say that we're misinformed because reporters don't do their jobs. That's not that's not entirely the case. This reminds me one last thing. Um. There is a new book coming out called "Untrustworthy" by Bonnie Christian, who's a, who used to be a reporter for The Week. You know that that publication, yeah. The, the Week, Week. Mm-hmm. sure. Um, well. yeah, and she and she's an evangelical Baptist. So I have been asked to review that book, and she will be a guest on the documental podcast. And so I will, um, I'll see if whether or not she wants to be uh, interviewed by us both, or maybe I'll run clips from that on here. But all right, yeah, it's it's the Christian perspective
1: on why the media is failing the nation. So it'll be interesting. Oh. Oh, okay. If you found off the charts through my forecast, you should know that Whitney has another thing that she runs on this website called Documental. There's all kinds of cool, fascinating, um, thought provoking articles in there about. Well, my premise
0: was that the higher the rates of anxiety, depression and suicide we were experiencing in this nation could be correlated. And it was basically my my uh, exploration of this, that they seem to correlate with higher rates of corporate power and less um, individual agency that they were all connected
1: oh great so uh, when Pluto really does get to the end of Capricorn that we will be seeing at the very last degree it's going to be uh, corporate power through the roof as Neptune and is is at the very end of Pisces and Saturn goes into Pisces I'm starting to see uh, whiffs of this now but trauma and uh, trauma and mental health is going to be taken seriously when Saturn mm-hmm. goes into Pisces Mm-hmm. Next in, in next year, we are going to have some serious structure and talking about how to heal this. And it's going to come back big time at the end of October when Jupiter retrogrades back into the very end of Pisces, where it will be in October and November. Pisces is the very last sign of the Zodiac. When you have something at the very end of Pisces, it's like it's the end of the world. Jupiter uh, in, in Pisces is going to expand on. It's overwhelming the feeling of all that they have to process. And try to stay in balance when saturn goes into pisces next year saturn is the principle of structure and control pisces is the is the flowy feeling they're, they're, we're going to be structuring that suffering somehow you or we're going to feel struggling.
0: like we're giving way because i think of just like we were talking about medical astrology saturn and pisces um
1: your feet can't your feet get problematic you can't uphold the, the structure because it's yeah. watery well yeah, well, yeah. And with Neptune there as well, Neptune and Pisces, it's it's all. Mm-hmm. We're going to um, feel I like we can't, we can't stand up against it, the pain and the extremes anymore. The flow, the overflow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I wanted to talk about the CNN chart because of the changes. And I also have the Fox News chart, but just briefly, the little logic of CNN, which is, which people are noticing like, oh, they're, they're shifting, you know, they, you know, people used to, You know, CNN had a reputation for being uh, a liberal network. Do you think that's a fair statement? Not as Mm, liberal as MSNBC. In the past? Oh, absolutely. in the past. Okay. And so this is changing because they're letting people go. They let go John Harwood. They let go Brian Stelter. They let, who we talked about, they moved Don Lemon's slot. But anyway, here is CNN. CNN is uh, born on, oh, in the end of an era, um, Bernard Shaw, CNN's first anchor, who was the face of CNN, died the same week as the Queen. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so there's the end of an era for CNN and mm-hmm. whatever it's, I wish I could remember its motto. Uh, I didn't look it up. But anyway, CNN launched on June 1st, 1980 at 5 p.m. in Atlanta, Georgia. It is a Gemini. Sun sign Gemini, driven by a moon in Capricorn, so it is here to take all the information and make something happen, and it joys in doing so. It has a Libra ascendant, so it, it needs to be seen as being being balanced and, and you know measured, and it's you know can see both sides of the thing. Mercury and Venus are together at the Aries point, one degree of Cancer. And Venus is retrograde. So it's very interesting. You never really know what their agenda is with Venus retrograde. And there's an idealism about it. But what is happening now is that Pluto at 20, wherever it is now, I don't know where it is now. It's somewhere 20 around 26, 27 Capricorn um, is at the bottom of CNN's horoscope cnn <laughs> that, okay, would explain. The it's the <laughs> that would explain what does that mean no so, no the,
0: their their motto you were wondering about i just looked it up it used to be the tr- the most trusted name in news the most
1: and, trusted um, name in news and, and andy borowitz
0: andy borowitz um who's a great satirist i think he's hilarious he said they've now changed this was back in 2014 that they actually did change it but he said they changed it to holy crap we're all gonna
1: die <laughs> 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 which is true that's about the time they started to get very sensationalist <laughs> I, well, must, you know, the most trusted name in news, and they have a Saturn-Neptune square. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, no, I, and I'm also thinking about um, one of my bosses when I worked at NBC News in the promo department. He, he said... Never, never use the word you know trusted in a promo because if you have to tell somebody you're trusted, like why? that immediately right. raises the specter <laughs> that maybe, maybe you're tr- maybe the lady doth protest to monsters. Well,
0: I always think that with that phrase, you know. Um, well, to tell you the truth, and or they say, do you want me to tell you the truth? I'm like, no, I want you to lie to me. I want you to lie to me. <laughs> well, there's also
1: it, it, which also total random sequ- random non sequitur before I get back into the CNN chart. Talking about the words that people use in the what they could and could not say, how long did it take for the media to finally have the courage to start saying, President Trump is lying to us? No, I, that's, again, this is a moral injury. No, this is a moral injury, injury question. To not, not there, to were, to... there were
0: plenty. And I was OK, that's a whole or something. One day, maybe yeah. before, maybe you know what, we'll make that a premium. That's a premium. So, folks, if you have okay. been thinking about um supporting us materially, I'm going to record It's a long story, but I will record how as just a puny little health policy reporter, I tried desperately during the Trump campaign against Hillary Clinton to get his health talking points and how I ended up talking to a Russian real estate developer. That's a really interesting
1: story. Oh my God. Okay. And I tried
0: to get people. I was like, people, hello, I'm just me and I'm nobody. How is it possible that no one else is experiencing this and freaking out at the same time? And nobody was. It was indicating that we were being infiltrated. <laughs> ah, anyway, go
1: ahead. Yeah, I'll put okay, that together I'm, for our premium I'm, subscribers. I'm holding you to it. That's a good story and yes, it is worth something. But um CNN, all right. So Pluto is at the bottom of it's at the bottom of CNN's chart right now. It's at the root of the issue, at the root, the bottom, the very bottom. And it is Pluto is the energy of breakdown and power struggles, uh, and and the phoenix rises from the ashes. So CNN is going through what has been a process over the last year or so of this breakdown of how it is perceived at the very root and core foundation of what it is? It is transforming. It is being torn down and rebuilt before our eyes, before our very eyes. That is what's going on in the horoscope of CNN. Because, um, as you know, because when, when you're looking at when it launched, it is going to be a totally different um, popsicle stand by the time <laughs> this Pluto thing is done with it. You know, by the end of, of next year. Fox News, just briefly, his, it's horoscope. It launched on October 7th, 1996 at 6 a.m. in New York, New York, out uh, of their studios. You
0: know, it's I was there. watching it then because I was breastfeeding at that point. So I was just a human cow sitting in front of a television a lot. <laughs> I remember watching Bill <laughs> O'Reilly. I just sit there and nurse and just be like, wow, this is fascinating. This is what is happening here. I've never seen anything like this. And so I watched Bill
1: O'Reilly probably every night for easily years, actually. <laughs> I mean, Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that happened. And let me tell you what was going on at that moment in time when you tuned in to watch that Uh, uh, Fox News, uh, their motto, fair and balanced. Right. Okay, fair and balanced. Right. Well, of course, uh, it's a Libra. October 7th. Okay, it's a Libra. So so the sun is in the first house and um, and it has a Libra ascendant, a one degree Libra ascendant. So that's going to be adding a level of prominence to it. Oh, it has mercury wow. and high function highly functioning Virgo on the ascendant as well. So, you know, they they can get it right. They Where's Mars?
0: Where's Mars? Oh, you're going to love this. That's, yeah, that's Mars
1: <laughs> is in a partile meaning an exact within minute within minutes of a conjunction with the moon. Mm. Pick a sign for the moon. Where do you think it is? Scorpio. Gemini?
0: Scorpio. Okay. It's, it's going to be okay. in a Mars. It's going to be in a Mars sign. Leo. Oh,
1: me, 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 me. Very dramatically aggressive. Dramatic and fixed and gets away with murder. Grant like you. <laughs> like me, I, I, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I have Mars and Leo. Hillary Clinton has Mars and Leo. So Ooh. does Donald Trump. So does, uh, I mean, lots of people, uh, you know, they, you, it's, Grant Louis said of Mars and Leo, uh, they, they have a sense of regal entitlement that people Project upon them. And if you want to travel first class, and get an upgrade, you want to hang with somebody with Mars and Leo because they'll, that's what will be usually be handed to them mm-hmm. because they they act as if they ha- are entitled to it, whether that's true or false. And so somebody with Mars and Leo needs to learn how to manage it with humility
0: I'm going to retract what i just said i think they wouldn't act the way they act if they had a mars and scorpio i want to retract that because if they had a mars and scorpio they'd actually be aggressive at getting to the bottom of things
1: they would get to the yeah they would be ruthless and penetrating and, and but i was thinking and, of the and ruthlessness and that's what yeah, it was but, it, but, it, but, but no the they'd ruth- be ruthless no. in pursuit of what's really at the bottom no the ruthlessness comes from their venus at uh three degrees of virgo which is square to pluto so that's that's the emotional extremes they're never happy with Venus and Virgo they are never happy
0: well because... all right I'm gonna soften up we have Venus and Virgo right now and I think it's it's also helpful to think of Venus and Virgo as um, a sorrowful you know that they, they, they're very aware of how the flaws in something, keep them from the ideal. And there, there's a, you know, there's a flip side to what you're saying. And yes, what you're saying is true, but there is this kind of like longing, you know, like I want the perfect thing and and I will always focus on the flaw. And, but, and that's, that's tragic. And that, that makes me sad, but it also can make the person very aware of what is tragically beautiful and bring our attention to what can move our souls. So, you know, I, I don't really want to shit on people who have venus and
1: virgo because there's something very beautiful there is something very beautiful about it but i'm also thinking and and often uh, in in venus and virgo has many moments of its existence where it it actually has uh what traditional astrologers refer to as essential dignity so it actually can function with its discernment but in fox news's case there's a venus pluto square which should suggests potential extremes of this fall. Well, yeah, humidity. that Pluto, you
0: can't get away from Pluto. It's if Pluto is Pluto. touching something,
1: then, then Pluto's touching it. It's electrified. Right. And Venus is trying to Jupiter, which is in Capricorn, which is also it's not, a, which is a difficult placement for oh, it. it. And then last job. but not least, Saturn retrograde in Aries and not a nice place for Saturn, very, a very autocratic place, patriarchal position. Is on the descendant opposing that Libra ascendant.
0: Well, as somebody with Saturn in Aries, I can tell you that, yeah, it's it's a hard place to have your Saturn. Saturn uh, is definitely in fall, meaning there's no place to go but up.
1: There <laughs> you go. Well, it would be it would be in the seventh in whole sign because yeah. Saturn is in Aries and it's right on the descendant in the seventh house in Placidus land and whole sign land as well. Ruling okay. the fourth house, ruling the home and family. So, oh, so yeah. So this idea that it's going to appeal to the
0: relationship in the homeland as you mm-hmm. know, you, you're the little guy and we're mm-hmm. on your side and you have nowhere to go, but up and only if you're in relationship with us. Mm-hmm. Really it's, interesting. Thanks,
1: thanks for really, bringing that up. Yeah. Everything has, is con- there's contained within that potential. So if you're want to pick a time to do something mm-hmm. that's really super important, um, it can be helpful to know what you're setting in motion, at the, you know, astrologically, mm-hmm. you know, what time, you know, like, is it isn't yeah. really the time to get married? It's There's an energy really the pattern, yeah. yeah, energy <laughs> pattern that then responds to future cycles in the way that, yeah. for example, it's CNN amazing. right now is being torn down and rebuilt. We see it in, we see it in the horoscope. So it's not a surprise. People who have
0: astrologers in their family, you should utilize them. Seriously. Like if you're getting married and you, or if you I'm amazed at how often people are like, what? And they look back and then the astrologer in, in their family or in their circle says, well, you know, let's look at that at that moment. Did you talk to anybody? Because here's Uranus on your descendant. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 <laughs> so you know just uh, consider that
1: astrologers are just as useful to you as any other professional all right we are well, running no, we're out like, of time we're like dentists and accountants and 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 yeah. you know and i always i tell my clients astrologers are like dentists you should check in with us every six yeah, months absolutely to a year and then if you feel like you might you know have this sudden pain you might need a, an astrologer to do an astrological root uh, canal to help you deal with them, with a, mm-hmm. with a crisis. Cause you it's can, done. cause
0: because they can it be can, dealt because, with.
1: Because it can be dealt with. Exactly. Yeah. But you get perspective on what it's all about. Did so we are all the things we were going to talk about today? Probably not, but I have to run. Cause you know, I got okay. things that I had to do, but I, do I want didn't want to sing. say, I don't even know. And I don't even have a song in my head. It's terrible. I don't even have a but song you have in, a song right in your heart. I have a song in my heart. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a song. Come on, sing it you know what the lyric a, a song in my heart i don't know the words to that the song
0: in my heart what is uh, it they might be with a song in my heart so <laughs> remember the tune that's why i'm not busting it out um i want you to throw in you know we are facing this is we're releasing this on the autumn equinox so
1: we're oh god yes i have a if you go to my forecast i have the i have the chart uh thrown up there so you can see what it looks like and when it's set at uh, 9.03 p.m. on Thursday, which is tomorrow. So it already will have happened. Uh, we'll be in a dead moon uh, waiting for the new moon on Sunday, which we'll talk about next time. But the autumnal equinox set in the United States has the planet Uranus right on the ascendant. So I have it. you're you're
0: okay, you're Uranus. on Uranus is how I say it. Uranus is with yes. the north node right on the Taurus ascendant. Yep. It, and, um, and everything else seems and to Pluto be Pluto was
1: on the midheaven.
0: Mm-hmm. Pluto's so, on the so midheaven draws
1: a lot of attention to the to the CEO of this country. Correct.
0: Yeah, and it is square. It's in the uh, bendings. It's square the nodes. It's, it's yeah. up at, at the top. So, so, um, so we'll we'll be seeing somebody really having to express how they are between a rock and a hard place, and probably we'll be expressing it on our behalf because mm-hmm. it's on the you know the uh, Uranus is on the ascendant. So something. Shocking or changing, or something you know, like is gonna bring everyone's attention to the CEO of the country who will need to talk to us about it. That's the way I would see that.
1: And interestingly enough, we see there's a focus using uh, uh, reg houses here, not Vasidis. I look at events and these things with a different house system just because, mm-hmm. me too. Um, the sun is on the cusp of the sixth house, so it's throwing its light in matters of the process of systems of getting things done, mm-hmm. um, and what workers and health concerns. So when President Biden said over the weekend that the pandemic was over, I was like, I don't yeah. know about that. I'm like, nah. You're gonna- I don't think so. yeah, nah, Well, it might be, nah. but
0: then we're going to be facing some kind of virus. Some that's other
1: it- else. Uh, yeah, that is that is what I, I Yeah, that's how I, I see that too. When I have that. Um, well, so-, so- That's it. So
0: when Um, you get this in your inbox, um, please give us little hearts when you can or smiles or whatever kind of thumbs up of approval type of thing that is um, delivered with this the where wherever you find us, whether it's in soul.substack.com or Spotify or iTunes or wherever. Um, And please do consider becoming a material supporter of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. Um, And if not doing that, then you still help us if you share and you subscribe, or if you do click the little hearty thing. Um, That's again, insold.substack.com. And if you would like to read and subscribe to this uh, forecast that this podcast is based upon, you can go to Elizabeth's website, which is graceastrology.com just like it sounds spelled just like it sounds graceastrology.com and you can find more about me by coming to the insold page insold.substack.com or i have my own astrology business insoldastrology.com so that's it it's been so great to get back together with you elizabeth and to talk to our friends yeah and uh, until we talk to you next time on episode 17 fill your hearts with hope and look up bye bye